the dead body of a bird or of a pig, and again that this Falernian wine is only a little grape juice, and this purple robe, some sheep's wool dyed with the blood of a shellfish. Such then are our impressions, and they reach to the things themselves and penetrate them, so we see what kind of things they are. In just the same way ought we to act all through life, and where things appear most worthy of our liking, we should lay them bare and look at their worthlessness, and strip them of all the worlds by which they were exalted. For outward show is a wonderful perverter of reason, and when you are most sure that the things you are busy about are worth your pains, it is then that it cheats you most. Consider what Crates says even of Xenocrates. Most things which the multitude admire are connected with objects of the most general kind, things formed by bare cohesion or natural organisms such as stones, wood, fig trees, vines, olives. But men, who are a little more rational, admire things united by some living principle, such as flocks and herds. Men who are still more instructed admire things inspired by a universal soul, but rational, such as a soul skilled in some art, or expert in some other way, or rational simply as possessing a number of slaves. But he who values a rational soul, that is, universal and framed for political life, regards nothing but this. Above all else, he keeps his own soul in a condition and in an activity right for reason and social life, and he cooperates to this end with men of the same kind as himself. Some things are pressing into existence, and others are hurrying out of it. And of that which is coming into existence, a part is already extinguished. Motion and change are continually renewing the world, just as the uninterrupted course of time is always renewing the infinite duration of ages. In this flowing stream, on which there is no abiding, what is there of the things that hasten by on which a man would set a high price? It would be as if a man should fall in love with a sparrow flying by, that is already passed out of sight. Every man's life is but an exhalation of the blood and a little breathing of the air. For like drawing in the air and giving it back, which we do every moment, the whole quickening power received at birth is now given back to the element whence it came. Neither is transpiration, as in plants, a thing to be valued, nor respiration, as in tame animals and wild beasts, nor impressions from the appearance of things, nor subjection to desire, like a puppet on strings, nor crowding in herds, nor getting nourishment from food. This last is merely an act of separating and parting with the useless part of our food. What then is worth your esteem? To be greeted with clapping of hands? No. Neither should we value the clapping of tongues, for the praise of the multitude is a clapping of tongues. Suppose, then, that you have dispensed with the worthless thing called fame, 
What remains that is worth having? This, in my opinion, to move yourself and govern yourself in harmony with your proper nature, which is the end of all occupations and all arts. For the aim of every art is right adaptation of the product to the end for which it is produced. The vine planter, who looks after his vines, and the trainer of horses and dogs, labor for this end. The education and teaching of youth aim also at something. In this is the value of the education and the teaching. And if this is achieved, you will not seek anything else. Will you go on desiring many other things too? Then you will be neither free nor sufficient for your own happiness, nor clear of passion. For of necessity you must be envious, jealous, and suspicious of those who can take away the things valued by you and plot against those who have them. Of necessity a man must be always in a state of perturbation who wants any of these things. Besides, he must often find fault with the gods. But to reverence and honor your own mind will make you content with yourself and serviceable to society and at peace with the gods, praising all they give and have ordained. Above, below, all around are the movements of the elements, but the motion of virtue is not theirs. It is something more divine. Advancing by a way hardly observed, it goes happily on its road. How strangely men act! They will not praise those who are living at the same time with themselves, but to be themselves praised by posterity, by persons they have never seen and never will see. This they set a high value on. But it is much the same as if you should grieve because those who lived before you did not praise you. Because a thing is difficult for you to do, do not think it is impossible for any man. But whatever is possible for any man to do, and right for his nature, think that you can achieve it too. Suppose a man scratches you with his nails in gymnastic exercises, and hits your head, and wounds it. We show no signs of vexation, nor are we offended, nor do we suspect him afterwards as a treacherous fellow. We are on our guard against him, but not as an enemy, nor yet with suspicion, but we quietly get out of his way. Let your behavior be like this in all spheres of life. Let us overlook many things in those who are only like antagonists in the gymnasium. For it is in our power, as 